but about two years ago, I was raped. There's a lot of anger. We're not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. My understanding of the world changed. And I felt numb. Are you a man or a mouse? I was alone. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me with someone. Hey, everyone, and welcome once again to Safe Place for Men. All right, this is your male survivor, resiliency and leadership development coach, Thomas Edward, of course, coming to you from Sacramento, California. And it's a great Thursday morning here. Um, Yeah, you know, I I slept in a little bit (laughs) this morning, so it's like 930 and um, had a great conversation, you know, uh, with one of my my pals, you know, one of my cohorts, of course, up in, in Canada. We were just talking last last night and really in, enjoyed just that time. You know, it's hard during this whole pandemic COVID thing to actually, you know, meet in in person. And so, uh, you know, it's it's Zoom, you know, and that kind of that longing is there. But, you know, we, we can't wait. We're, we're getting there. Like I and get my vac- vaccination, I think, um, Vaccination next week. Yeah. So, you know, we're going down that path and hopefully, you know, we're just listening to what the scientists say and those different type of things. And hopefully soon we will be able to meet again face to face in person, which I'm really looking forward uh, to. And that's why, you know, I'm pretty much aiming for that master class around um, August time frame. So hopefully, you know, we'll all whatever be vaccinated up whatever and spreading or not spreading and we'll be we'll be be good uh but i want to give a shout out first to to jeremy jeremy uh shout out thank you so so much for uh sharing what you shared with me so jeremy um he kind of gave me um just a little thing of of praise on how he's doing so what he did was if you guys, of course, have gone up to the website, you saw the, the e-course and the, the coaching. So he says, Coach T. All right, Coach T. I, I love these 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 names. Uh, it says, Coach T, thank you so much for the course and coaching in the Overcoming Your Abuse, Define It, Part 1. So that's the Part 1 of the course. I listened to a few podcasts. First, you talk about anything surrounding the subject of male sexual abuse. Not afraid to discuss some difficult things. Uh, I receive so much insight uh, that I don't get, he says, in therapy. He says, so my wife encouraged me to do the course, the e-course learning. It's off the chain, off the hook. Okay, I'm going to probably guess this person's either somewhere uh, 30s, maybe 40, just from the language that's going on here. But that's great. That's that's the problem. It could be a Gen Z, we'll see. Uh, he says, I understand what you mean about attacking the issues using Keystone Habit Replacement. Yes, it does work. And that's one of the reasons that we actually use it. He says, I followed the suggestions of the 20 to 30 uh, minutes. He says, I didn't do it every day, but 20 to 30 minutes every other day. And he says, what I like about your program is what you say. No measure, no progress. Right. So he says, I definitely can measure progress. My wife is also noticing and now wants me to enroll in the master class. I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, he says, when I get vaccinated and we can meet face to face. Thank you so much, uh, Jeremy, for that. And I hope there's more people that are interested, you know, in maybe taking taking the course. Um, but, you know, uh, Jeremy can probably tell you, you know, from doing the course, you know, and just doing some of the little coaching, whatever sessions with me that there. 
and you guys probably heard, if you heard the last podcast of the interview, someone said to me, they're like, man, you talk so fast. I do when I get excited about stuff, and I'm sorry. I try and slow myself down when I listen to the podcast. I was like, whoa, I was going like, I don't know, 60 miles, whatever, you know, uh, per second or whatever. So, yeah, I probably do need to slow down. But like I said, um, sometimes when I get excited about things, man, I just, yeah, I, I get excited about it. And right now I'm watching this squirrel. Okay, if you guys have any suggestions on how to you um, organically get squirrels out of your garden, right? I'm sitting here, you know, and I'm planting these things, of course, and they're going and they're digging up and either eating the bulbs or the <laughs> seeds. And so I had to figure out some way. So if anyone has anything on there on handling squirrels, like ethically handling squirrels, please let me know. But yeah, I often, I, I, I get excited about these things and I, and I get excited um, when people say, you know what? Uh, this is working because, like I said, what I'm doing is we're combining the neuroscience with these things and putting them together because the neuroscience shows us when we implement them in this way and working with the brain that it actually just works better, right? And so then we're not sitting there, like I said, for five, seven, whatever, ten years. We're, he's getting results, and it's only been four weeks, okay? And so that's the whole point. That's why we that's why I talk about things when we're on the coaching calls and stuff about keystone habit replacement, those different type of things, because that's what I've learned. I'm going to say over the years that really helps us to get the results. All right. I'm trying not to be distracted, you know, by these squirrels out here, but you know, it's like when you do all that hard work and you're taking up and putting the bulbs and stuff in the ground, you don't want to see it destroyed. I don't know. Maybe I'm have to put some peanuts or something out there for them to eat instead of digging up and eating the bulbs uh, that I planted. So, you know what, uh, Jeremy? So what I'm going to do is just for today, you know what? I'm going to talk a little bit. Um, I'm going to say about resiliency because that's what you've been working with. And, you know, those that are listening, if you want to take notes, whatever. But this is going to kind of be, you know, off my uh, cuff of my head because this is what I do, right? It's it's resiliency. It's It's helping people. Now, what people will call it in the psychology world, they'll call it post-traumatic growth, okay, which just means after the trauma, you're actually growing, okay, so, which to me is the same thing as resiliency, but resilience, you know, it's an amazing skill that really helps you to recover, I'm going to say more quickly from uh, difficulties, and that's one of the reasons for those that will be taking the course, hopefully, or even coming to the master class, when we're talking about working with those keystone replacements, uh, they actually help us. That's a big part of resiliency. So that when we're knocked down by life, we have the ability to bounce back and to keep going. Because, you know, life really throws us some, some challenges, right? But that's the thing. If we learn how to use them and how to work them, if we, we learn, I'm going to say, the process and some of the rituals and, and just understanding ourselves, then we can actually come through and work through things easier, making us, I'm going to say, more resilient. So I'm just going to give you maybe just a, a few keys uh, here, maybe to, to, to think about Jeremy out here. I'm giving you some extra. Um, so there's a lot of ways, of course, that we can build resilience. And, and I'm sure you've learned that, of course, working through through the program. And so, but when we're talking about, I'm going to say research-based strategies, right, because I deal with a, a lot of those. Um, I'm going to say from the more basic to the more complex, you can choose whatever strategy, you know, works for, for you. But here's one. 
And the first one is this. I'm going to say you've got to really work to, um, I'm going to say, limit those negative thought cycles. You know, oftentimes when I'm working with people, I try to help them to see that your brain is a computer. It's a supercomputer, right? And the reality is this. You need to upgrade your software, okay? Because your brain is actually running certain programs. When we think about the the abuse and what we are dealing with, it's often running what we know as those learned responses, the way that we responded to, let's just say, the abuse and what happened. And so we've been running that program for so long, for so many years, that it just becomes a part of, I'm going to say, our integral super program. And so it keeps running the same program over and over and and over again. Well, here's the thing. If you don't upgrade your program, your software program, you're not going to be able to upgrade your life because you're going to be running that same program all the time. So oftentimes when we don't limit, I'm going to say the negative thought cycle, then what happens is we just keep running that same program over and over again. So just simply bad things happen. And for us, some really bad things have happened. And so we get stuck into thinking about those, the negative outcomes. And we repeatedly think about, you know, what we could have done differently in the past. I was coaching a client yesterday and we were talking about the whole idea of um, failure and, and success. And I noticed in his language, he was using a lot of what I call should language, right? Uh, should and blaming language like so when you coach with me we we learn a, a lot about that and we start learning that when we're using language like that we need to realize that we're putting the energy in the past so it's moving backwards as opposed to moving forward okay and that's that's really important so anyways I noticed he was using a lot of those languages and you guys have heard the things you know if you should, don't shoot all over yourself, right? You find yourself using, and I, it is, it is important because when we start using more language, like language of volition, like I want to, I intend to, I, I will, you even start to notice, you'll start to notice there's even a different energy around it. But unfortunately, when we're caught, I'm going to say uh, in those negative, if you want to say thought cycles, uh, our program just keeps running and we really get caught up. In them, And so it's really important if we want to be resilient, we have to start limiting those negative thought cycles. Now, here's the thing, you guys, if you've ever worked with me, especially when we're talking about the Keystone Habit Change, you know, I will never tell you to stop something, right? Because when we look at this, I'm going to say in the neuroscience world, we know it doesn't work, right? And so when you're trying to change whatever that bad habit, uh, I'll never tell anyone just stop doing that. It's replace because that's how the brain works, right? So instead of saying stop your negative <laughs> thought cycle, one, limit your negative thought cycle and then start replacing it, okay, with the new program that you're starting to run. And that's why the program, those of you hopefully that will be taking that course, that's why we say I just want you to do whatever those little things are in the course, 20 to 30 minutes either a day or every other Day because what we're starting to do is we're starting to change the program, the software program, the the routine. All right, here's the next one, uh, Mr. Jeremy out there. I want you to think about when we're talking about resiliency, and that is because oftentimes because of the the program that we're running, we're thinking of things. I'm going to say from catastrophe level. So 
we what we call catastrophize um, everything. And some people call it just big generalization, but um, catastrophize. Okay, I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up, but I think you kind of get an idea. So what mean what that means is we're simply expecting the worst possible outcome in a situation. And so uh, I think that um, uh, Jeremy had talked a little bit about, you know, before he actually took the course, he's thinking like, well, you know, what if this doesn't work, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, what we do is we can we catastrophize. And so we expect the worst possible outcome. And to me, that kind of feeds into the whole idea of um, what people label as failure, you know, success and failure. To me, I look at it from this perspective. I just always ask myself, what did I learn? You know, and I've learned some, I'm going to say some expensive <laughs> lessons, right? I remember I took a, one course, and I can't remember how many, it was like 7,000 bucks, whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? So let me look at this. I probably didn't get out of it as much as I wanted to, but what did I learn? And I did learn something, right? And so we got to make sure if we're going to be resilient, we're going to make sure we're going to, we're going to question when we start turning everything into a catastrophe, okay? Now I know you say catastrophe, whatever it sounds, extremes, and it is. It is when we're always looking for the worst possible outcomes. <clears throat> but remember what that is, though. Really, that is a learned response, right? That's the computer program, whatever that their brain is running on. And so that's why we're doing our 20 to 30 minutes of our keystone replacement so we can actually start replacing that. Okay, here's the next thing if we're going to talk about being re- resilient. And that is, I'm going to say, you know, just working to, and I don't even know if it, it's overcome, but yeah, we can use that word, overcome the fear of, of failure. And it's really important when we talk about defining Terms And that's one of the reasons the first one is called define it in, the, in that course, because we really have to be careful how we define things, how we label things. There's a lot of people um, I notice, you know, when I'm working with them, they become the label that they assign themselves. OK, they become the label that they assign themselves. So, oh, I'm just stupid. I don't get it. Right. And they started running that through their program. Right. And so before you know it, you're running that program and then that actually becomes your belief. And now that, of course, then that limits you because you're running that program. So many of us, what we do, we we avoid, I'm going to say, if you want to say failure at all costs to the point where actually, I'm going to say, stagnates us or we don't do anything. And here's the thing about, I'm going to say, uh, energy and roadblocks. And I don't know if I've explained this before, at least here. I want you to think about, okay, I want you to think about energy, just a ball of energy, okay? Now, let's just say you've got that energy encapsulated. Now, I want you to think of like just a little electrical current just moving on the inside, whatever, just moving around. The energy is always moving because energy always moves. So whether you consider it positive energy, negative energy, whatever, energy is always moving. Okay, so let's just say that someone does something to you negatively. Okay, so they put some negative energy into you. So you still got that ball, right? So picture that ball. It's inside your stomach somewhere. So that energy is still encapsulated. It's moving inside the ball. Okay, because the person has put that energy, that negative energy inside of you. Here's the thing about energy. It moves. It wants to move. Okay. It wants to move outward. 
But the problem is that now I've taken in this negative energy and I'm going to say that I've suppressed it. In other words, it's, it's staying there. So we'll call it maybe the abuse, the things that happened to us during the abuse. And so that ball sits there, but the energy inside is still moving around negative energy, but it wants to come out. The longer that I suppress it, keep it there. Don't do anything about it. Then for me, it becomes a roadblock. Why? The energy is still moving on the inside of that little capsulator, but it wants to come out, right? And so now I've got all these issues that are suppressed, but these little energy balls want to come out. So guess what? What we're doing is we're working, of course, to release that energy because the energy wants to go out, right? And so we're actually, if you want to say, letting go of that energy and then transforming it, and then hopefully we are releasing, I'm going to say, more positive energy. Okay, that's the best way I can explain if you want to call it on an energetic level. But the thing is, when we're talking about resiliency, sometimes we're not resilient, right? Because we're thinking about that fear of failure. Well, what if that, you know, what if I can't move this? What if I can't shift that? Okay, well, I'm going to say to you, the first thing is stop trying to do it alone. Stop trying to do it by yourself, right? Because that might be the first key that's actually holding you in that stagnating place. And here's the other thing when we're, we're thinking about um, resiliency. Um, the way that we even look at, I'm going to say, if you will, to call them challenges or, or failures, there's always benefits to me. Okay, when I think about this, always some type of benefit and some type of past challenge or failure, like I shared with you before. It's like I've had some expensive lessons. Right. But you know what? I've learned not to do that again. Okay, and so that was one of the benefit of the past challenges. Or I'm even thinking about this, like with certain um, maybe toxic people that I used to have in my life. And so the benefits of those past challenges are is that I can start to see and understand like, oh, okay, let me go ahead and trust or in line, I'm going to say my mind, my heart and my gut, right, are telling me that's a toxic person. Okay, but oh, I'm in this position where I'm just so lonely and I want attention. I start overriding those other things, those signs that are telling me that that's a toxic person. Okay. Well, so the past has taught me to not allow myself to be overridden by that, right? And so there are other ways to, I'm going to say, deal or or work with that as opposed to allowing that toxic person to become part of my life. So there are benefits when we're talking about looking at our past challenges or what some people might call, you know, our failures, but they are lessons that are learned All right. And so think about that. Think about that from that perspective. Remind me maybe on email because, guys, there's like I said, there's just so much. And that's why um, doing the the coaching calls and stuff is so cool because there's just so much. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Something else just popped into my mind. Like, oh, I didn't think about the, you know, the three levels of of trauma from asteroid single wave to a thousand paper cuts. I mean, there's just, there's so much, there's so much stuff, right? And that's why I enjoy doing this. That's why I enjoy coaching because then I have an opportunity to share that um, with you. So anyway, you know what? I hope that your Thursday is starting out to be a great Thursday. You know, I want to give you something just to think about today. And uh, Jeremy, you kind of inspired me 
um, to maybe think about this because what I'm thinking about what you did was consistency. And I'm the phrase for, I'm going to say this week is consistency compounds, right? So that 20 to 30 minutes, either every other day or every day when you were in the program working on the stuff, consistency compounds. All right, guys. So that is it for today. All right. So we'll talk with you next week or maybe before then, or maybe, I don't know, it just depends on what's going up and how things are going and who's being coached and all those wonderful things. But hey, thank you so much for being here with me this morning. Thank you for, I'm going to say, imbibing either my enthusiasm or excitedness. Um, You can usually tell when I've been coaching someone because I just get excited or they share whatever a praise report of how they're doing from the work that we're actually doing. Cause that's what we want. I don't want you to sit there five, seven, 10 years. Cause we can knock this out. I always tell people it doesn't have to be decades. It can be months, but you've got to be willing to step up and be ready to do the work. All right, guys, until next time, be safe.